I want to preach on today, Jesus Cares. And so just pray for me. I didn't get this sermon up. It's just uh, I got it up about five minutes. If the Lord's in it, it'd be fine. But, you know, don't be afraid of the Holy Spirit. Lee and I had a great conversation yesterday. I think it was yesterday. I know it was. You remember the funeral. I didn't really intend to say this at the funeral, but it reminded me when I, got, when I baptized Ronnie. We had a great movement of the Holy Spirit. White Haven Church. I baptized a bunch of people. Lee was one, Laura, and some others. It was an amazing time, and the Spirit was moving in a mighty way. And so, uh, Sunday night, when the service was over, I, had, I, saw, I was a lot full of the Spirit than I've ever been in my life, either then or since. I hope God will do it again. And so I just knew Ronnie needed to make a profession of faith. So I, I grabbed him back at the end. At the, he was walking out, I got him, and talked to him and persuaded him to make a profession of faith. So we had to call the church back together again, kind of unusual. So we got to get, but we got to get back. We, we've already had the dismissal. We got to get together and have church again. We voted Ronnie in the church, and his mother was sick at home. Her head had been sick, so I had to run get her. And I had to borrow some clothes to baptize him. And all my baptizing clothes were wet. I baptized many people. And so anyway, uh, while we were waiting for Sister Sarah to get there, we just had a good singing. And then the baptistry, when I baptized Ronnie, <laughs> you baptized the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And when I said, Father, I preached a little sermon on the Father. And then I preached a little sermon on the, on the Son, a little sermon on the Holy Ghost. That's a powerful time. And then Lee told me one time that when she had a sin problem, which I don't know what it was, don't care to know what it was, it really bothering her. One day, the Lord just took it away. And she was so thrilled, she had to drive off, just park the car, and cry while God had delivered her from that burden. And uh, another person, Darlene Gunn, uh, she, had, when the Lord got a hold of her one night, she was right on her bed beside her husband. And she, she said that he didn't hear her because he was asleep. She said, I'm not the same woman you married. And she was so moved, she had to go, she went to the bathroom, look at the mirror, make sure she's the same person. That's the way God can work. And so we need to ask God to help us, follow the Holy Spirit. I wish we would have another powerful revival. We will, probably, if we humble ourselves. I asked us one time to have a prayer meeting, or to pray a whole prayer of time on our fasting and prayer today, God give us repentance. Repentance usually precedes uh, a revival. God is mightier than we think that he is. So the sermon I want to preach to you sometime on God to hate evil and love righteousness. I got some great notes here if you don't see them, but I hope to use them. And so what I want to talk about is uh, does Jesus care? Now, by the way, yo, let's keep following the Holy Spirit. We ought to study. We got to study. I remember one time I was up at uh, Mount Olive and I'm at Mount Carmel in Washington up there in Baltimore, Maryland. And I was with Stephen Blow. I got to preaching. And all of a sudden I knew I was a wrong sermon. So I said, folks, I got to change the horses in the middle of the stream. So I preached on something else. I had a good time because I was kind of felt, I felt like I walked in the mud. It just wasn't the right thing. So you need to pray for your pastors and all of us to follow the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to give like a confidence on that. Thank you, I to Keep on following the Holy Ghost. So what I want to do, first of all, I, read, I got three songs. And by the way, I'm not going blind. I don't, I don't y'all feel sorry for me, but my vision is what it used to be. So I enlarge stuff when I can. So if I, so if I stumble sometimes, don't be embarrassed about it. I'm okay. I'm not going blind. I just can't stay like I used to. And you kids live long enough, you'll see what I'm talking about. <laughs> I preached uh, David Cokett's funeral. 
David Cokey's funeral, and God laid a song on my heart, and God in the matter. And the song was, Does Jesus Care? I want to read it to you. Does Jesus Care? So my title of my sermon, if Reggie wrote it, if you're listening, he always puts the title on, Jesus Cares is the title of this sermon. So pray. Now I've got to turn a lot of scriptures, and you got to pray in that too, because I have to slow down a little bit. And one person already told me, he said, Brother Zach, you need to slow down today. We got a visitor here that needs you to slow down. So God come over and make me slow down. I like to print my scriptures out where I can read them, and probably, so I might turn to them today. But listen to this carefully. Did Jesus care? Wait, no, that's the wrong one. I got, I got three songs I'm going to read to you. Let me get the right one. Y'all ready? You think Jesus cares? Did Jesus care when my heart is pained too deeply? For mirth and uh, or song, as the burdens press and the cares dis- distress, and the way grows weary and long. Oh yes, he cares. I know he cares. His heart is touched with my grief. When the days are weary and the long night dreary, I know my Savior cares. So I won't read that course anymore. Did Jesus care when my way is dark? There's from people here in different situations today, so listen. With a nameless dread and fear, and the daylight fades into deep night shades, does he care enough to be near? Does Jesus care when I've tried and failed? I know we get some people like here today. To resist some temptation strong. But for my deep grief, there is no relief. Though my tears flow all the night long. I'm glad God makes people sorry when they sin. I hope God grant anybody repentance in this church need to sin and you'll weep about it. And Jesus cares. I hope you're miserable till you repent. Anybody here need to repent. Absolutely sick, miserable, sick in your soul. Till you repent. Godly sorrow works repentance not to be repented of. I rarely see godly sorrow in people. I long to see it. Because godly sorrow leads to repentance. Does Jesus care when I've said goodbye to the dearest on earth to me? And my sad heart breaks. <laughs> I mean, it aches to nearly breaks. Is it all to him? Does he care? He does care, doesn't he? So I'll read these other two psalms and then I'll get it down to the scriptures. We sang this one this morning. I just love this song. What a friend we have in Jesus. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Can we find a friend so faithful? Will our sorrows share? Jesus knows our every weakness. How about that? Take it to the Lord in prayer. You know, one of those scriptures I read yesterday, I'm glad it's there. Now, the Lord does not sweep sin under the rug. I'm not talking about being soft on sin, but I'm still glad the Bible says that as a father pities his children, so the Lord pities them that fear him. He knows our frame. He knows we're dust. Let's remember that. Aren't you glad we have a compassionate Savior? I'm not excusing sin. But my friend, that's the kind of saving we got. We, he pities us. I'm glad. I'm, I'm, I don't mind being an object of pity. You may have too much pride. I need pity. All the pity I can get. I'm glad he pities me. 
I'm, not, I'm glad he knows my frame is dust. I'll never be perfect. I need to remember that about my brothers and sisters, that they're framed or dust. They make such mistakes. I can tolerate that and love them because I'm in the same boat they're in. Are we weak and heavy laden, cumbered with a load of care? Precious Savior, still our refuge, take it to the Lord in prayer. Do thy friends despise, forsake thee? Take it to the Lord in prayer. In his arms he'll take and shield thee. Thou wilt find a solace there. Then I want to read one more song. Because it's based on, uh, and I hadn't read this song in a long time. It's going to be a good one. I want to preach a whole sermon time, sometime on the shortest verse of the Bible. What is it? Tell me what it is. Jesus wept. John eleven thirty five. What a sermon that would be. Jesus cared. He cared enough to weep. I'll just talk about that right now. He wasn't weeping because that he could not bring letters to the dead. He's going to do it in a few minutes. He wept because he saw the heartbreak of Mary and Martha. And so he groaned within his soul and he wept. My friends, when you're going through sorrow, Sabrina, Leah, the rest of you, Jesus weeps. You know what I pray? I pray God will never let me quit trusting him. I've told you a thousand times, over a thousand times, God never said understand me. God said trust me. I hope I'll never quit trusting God. If God takes everything away... I hope I can be like Job. You know, Job had weak moments and he had strong moments. One time he said, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. Pray God will never let you quit trusting him. He's good enough to trust in life. He's good enough to trust in death. We can trust our great God. He is faithful, my precious friends. We don't understand him, but we trust him. So Jesus wept. That's over one of our songs here. Jesus wept. Those tears are ever, but his love is still the same. Kinman friend and elder brother is his everlasting name. Weeping one of Bethany. And I won't read the course. Jesus wept and still in glory, he must mark the the mourner's tear. Loving still to trace the story of of the heart's. Uh, he strengthened here. Jesus wept. The tear, that tear of sorrow is a legacy of love. Yes, I mean, yes, yesterday, today, tomorrow, he's the same doth ever prove. All right. Now, one more song verse that I like a lot. We, I love that song, Face to Face with Christ, my Savior. I've already called on it, but I do. We've been singing it all morning anyway. And I enjoyed every bit of it, but... I love face to face with Christ my Savior, but here's the verse that always chokes me up. I hate it when God people have trouble, don't you? My soul just grieves when I hear about people getting sick and having sin problems and the wreck those boys had, that young song leader from uh, Pine Hill who broke his patella and all that kind of stuff, and and Bridget being sick, and it just bothers me. But my friend, some of these days that's going to be over with. So here's the verse I like the best of face to face with Christ my Savior. Here we go. Okay, ready? What rejoicing in his presence when our banished grief and pain, when the crooked way are straightened and the dark things shall be plain. I'll read that again. That's my favorite verse. I'm glad that day's coming, aren't you? What rejoicing in his presence when our banished grief and pain, when the crooked way are straightened, the dark things shall be plain. Now, that's all good, but the Bible is better than all that. So let's read a few scriptures. 
Let's go to, uh, first of all, let's go to the book of Hebrews. We're going to chapter 2 and chapter 4. My friend, Jesus cares. You know why he can care? Why did he come to this world? Two reasons. There may be more than two reasons. One reason, to save his people from their sins. And he accomplished that. We preach that at Grace Chapel. We do not preach a would-be Savior. We do not preach a Savior who desired to save people who will not be saved. We preach a totally successful Savior. He came to seek and to save that which was lost, and he did that. He also came that he might take our nature on him that he went through. He went through everything you'll be going through. So he can really sympathize with you. He can really, he's gone through what you've gone through. You know, he, Jesus even grieved, my friend, about losing a loved one. When John the Baptist died, Jesus' cousin, and Jesus Christ said, let's go apart into a desert place and rest there a while. He grieved because John, as a human being, he knew what it meant to lose people. Isn't that amazing? Anything you've ever gone through, Jesus Christ had gone through it. You say he wasn't married, but my friend, we're his bride, and we have been unfaithful to him lots of times, haven't we? He knows he's gone through everything we'll ever go through. Let's go over in Hebrews, a couple of places to make that very plain. Hebrews chapter 2, first of all. So he's qualified to be our great high priest. All right, Hebrews chapter 2. Let's look at this. This is wonderful material, wonderful truth here. All right, Hebrews chapter 2. I'm going to read verse 14 through uh, 18. Ready? For as much then as the children, that's us, his children, are partakers of flesh and blood. That means we're human beings. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he, he also himself likewise took part of the same. He became a human being. He was born, my friend, in the virgin's womb. A human being, a standard human being, but nevertheless a human being like you are. He also himself took part of the same that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death that is the devil. And he did that. And deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. I'll make a few comments on that verse. My friend, don't be afraid to die. If you're born again, if you love Jesus Christ, don't be afraid to die. The devil wants to make you afraid to die. He'd like to paralyze you. You know, it's like I have said, I think I might have said this at the funeral. I think I did. When my mama died, I was 19 years old. Uh, I just grieved. My sisters were grieving. My dear, precious sisters, my brother. And so we buried Mama down there in Forest Hill Cemetery in South Memphis. It was a kind of a sunny, pretty day. We were all out there watching them shovel a dirty in on Mama's coffin. And all of a sudden, the Lord came on me. I said, girls, this is going to be a beautiful place one of these days. Because it would be a great place to be here on resurrection today. See these graves open and the saints of God riding up out of those graves. Don't be afraid to die. The only thing a person loses when they die that's a child of God is their sinful nature. I want to lose my sinful nature. Everything else is gain, total gain. Paul said to, 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 uh, to, die, to, 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 live, to, to die is gain. To live is Christ, to die is gain. Isn't that amazing? So don't be afraid to die. For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, he took on him the seed of Abraham. Abraham was a man. Wherefore in all things, look at this, wherefore in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest and thing pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself, get this verse 18 now, get this verse especially. 
for that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able to succor. That means comfort them that are tempted. Any kind of temptation we've gone through, Christ knows how to comfort us. He knew what it means. On the cross, he even said, I thirst. He knew what it means to thirsty. In John chapter 4, he was tired. He had sat down on that well when he talking to the woman there at the well. My friend, he know what it, he, he, he had to sleep. The Bible talks about that. He was weary. He was, he, he was a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. How about that? Jesus, now you're grieving today. Some of you are. Jesus Christ, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. It's amazing, isn't it? If our mind could just work right now, we could think of all the things it says in the gospel. What Jesus Christ experienced, my friend, he is able to comfort us and no matter what we need. Let's go to John chapter 4 now uh, of uh, Hebrews, chapter 4. One of my favorite passages in the whole Bible. Chapter 4 of Hebrews. I'm going to read verse uh, 14 through 16. I always love this. We've already talked about the priest today. I want to repeat that. If you look at the priest, the high priest, who the picture of Jesus Christ in the Old Testament, it's a wonderful thing to think about all the stuff he wore. And one thing he had was a breastplate and he had shoulder uh, things. I forgot they called those on his shoulders. But what he did on that breastplate was 12 beautiful jeweled stones, different kinds of stones, diamonds and topazes, all kinds of stuff like that. And every one of those was written one of the 12 tribes of Israel. My friend, that represents God's people. We're spiritual Israelites. They were on his breastplate, the place of affection by his heart. That's not there by accident. And the other place on his shoulders. The government shall be upon his shoulder, the shoulder of poor strength. He's mighty to save. Isn't that a beautiful picture? It's a beautiful picture. So you're near the heart of God. You're near the heart of God. He loves you more than you can imagine. More than you, why Sandra sometimes, she goes up and down. She always winds out right. So now I'm going to embarrass you a little bit. I appreciate about you a lot, the way God dealt with you. I hated you. You had to suffer so much. Sometimes, why, God, why do you take my boys? That doesn't last very long. Then she overcomes that. We may all go through stuff like that. Lord, why'd you do this? You? We may grieve, but we'll come out on the right side. If you can see things from God's viewpoint right now, you wouldn't worry about anything. It looks like this world's going crazy. God's still in control, even though he's not the author of sin. If I can see things from God's viewpoint right now, I wouldn't worry about anything. My friend, God's still on the throne. He's ruling this world. He's doing his will in the army of heaven, among the inhabitants of the earth. Nobody can even question him. Say, what doest thou? Or stay his, bless, his omnipotent hand. He knows what he's doing. We need to learn how to trust him more. Jesus Christ really liked it when his people exercised a strong faith. It displeased him when they did not exercise strong faith. That's still the same today. So let's, say, let's cry, God, increase my faith. Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Okay, here we go, 414, 4.14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that's passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let's hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest, I love this next word, which cannot be touched, touched with the feeling of our infirmities. But with all points, tempted like as we are, you have not sinned. Isn't that beautiful word, touched? He touched. He cares. Lord, why you let it happen? I don't know. He'll explain it someday. It's okay. He's touched. He's not indifferent. The devil wants us to think he's indifferent. He's got his arms folded up there, got a frown on his face. That's not the picture, my friend, we get from the Holy Word of God. He loves his children. 
I like what Thomas Mann said one time. He's talking about those disciples who were toiling on the Sea of Galilee. Looks like they're going to drown in that terrible storm. And they were scared to death. Christ was up on a mountain somewhere praying. And here's what Thomas said. I like this. You remember this. Don't forget this. He said, they could not see Jesus, but he could see them. Remember that. They're down there toiling. My friend, he's looking down. So you may not be able to see him all the time, but he sees you. You remember, the sun's always in the sky. Sometimes the clouds obscure it. But my friend, the cloud will go away. We'll see the sun again. There's always there. Our dear Lord is always there. We just can't see him sometimes. We have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. In all points, tempted like as ye are yet without sin. So what are we going to do then? Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. We may obtain mercy, find grace to help in time of need. Let's run to him in prayer. That throne of grace. Do you know what we do when we're praying? We're going, my friend, our soul, the very throne room of heaven. That's what they're talking about. Hebrews tells us that it's a a pattern of things in the heavens. And my friend over there in that throne of grace was what that was, the Ark of the Covenant with a mercy seat and the Shekinah glory would meet with the priest right there as he represented God's people. So what you do when you come to God in prayer, we ought to pray more, my brothers and sisters, you're coming to the throne room of heaven itself, the Holy of Holies. When you pray, that's what the Bible says. Let's read that again. Let us therefore come boldly, that means pour it all out. Pour your heart out to God. Sometimes it may be a sob. He hears those sobs. He feels those sobs. His heart is touched with those sobs. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. We may obtain what mercy, find great to help in time of need. All right, let's look at a couple more scriptures. Look over in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 6. I'll just get one verse there, but the context I won't worry about right now. I just want to get many a word out of there. 1 Peter chapter 5. And verse 6, really. Well, I'll just quote it. Read this? Casting all, all, A-L-L, casting all your care upon him for why he careth for you. He careth for you. I like it when people care for me. My wife cared for me. This morning I said something to her kind of sharp. I said something kind of sharp. I'm an old sinner, believe it or not. Y'all probably don't believe it, do you? And so I said some kind of, well, I got over here and my conscience got to hurt me. So I texted her, I said, I was too harsh. Would you, I'm sorry, will you forgive me? Uh, I love you. And you know what she sent me back? One of them gigantic hearts. She cared for me. She cared for me. I like it she cared for me. I like it because the Lord cares for me. He's affectionate to me. He loves me. He loves you. Paul said, who, who died, who, who gave himself for me. That's Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Do you know he intimately loves you? He knows everything about you and he still loves you because he paid for your sins. Do you know you're the bride of Christ? You're a beautiful bride as far as he's concerned. You have spot or wrinkle or any such thing. The Ephesians 5 tells us. He, my friend, right now, when you feel his presence, like I've told you before, when you feel his presence, that's like looking at your engagement ring. Some of these days, my friend, you'll be in the marriage supper of the Lamb. You'll be the bride of Christ. We can't imagine what that'll be. He brought me to his banqueting house. His banner owed me with love. Oh, what a feast that will be. An eternal feast, my friend, of love with Jesus Christ and all his saints. We've got a lot to look forward to, haven't we? We're strangers and pilgrims traveling through. I'm glad we're not here forever. All right, let me give you a couple more. I'll be through. 
Let's go to my favorite. You know where this is. My wife knows where it is. It's our theme verse of our marriage. It's over at Isaiah 23, verses, six, verses 3 and 4. I mean 26, verses 3 and 4. Isaiah 26. I mean, let's see. Yeah, 26. I'm in the wrong chapter. I'm, I'm in the wrong book. That's what's wrong with that. I said, this is strange looking, man. <laughs> this is so good. Oh, this is so good. All right, look here. Thou wilt keep him. Are you listening to me, Sabrina? Sister Sabrina, Sister Lee. Are you listening to me? Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Because he trusteth in thee. We got to trust him. You'll have ups and downs. I'm not going to be unrealistic. You won't be running around happy all the time. There'll be some weeping, some sobbing, some sorrow. But my friend, mainly and, 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 and essentially, we'll be in perfect peace. Listen, remember what I said earlier about that song I love so much? The wind and waves still know the voice of him who rule out here below. The one who still the waves and winds can still the tumult in your heart. It's amazing, isn't it? That word perfect peace is shalom, shalom. In the Hebrew, that's how they emphasize something, by saying it twice. Shalom, shalom. That will keep him in perfect peace. Perfect. Shalom, shalom, peace. Whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever. For the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. Trust him. And then, I think I'm going to quit. I don't want to quit, but I'm going to quit. I've said enough. Listen, the Holy Ghost, may the blessed Holy Spirit make it real to your souls. Hallelujah. Let's all say hallelujah. Come on. That's good. Let's do it one more time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.